What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. Howdy. Hi. I'm glad to no longer be stalked by the problem clown. What? Have you not seen that on Twitter? No. Like, there's like a gif of. It's like captioned a problems. There's a clown throwing at, like hatchets at I a guy. I saw your response to it. But like, how about you don't let your husband get stabbed a million times <laughs> in the back with the problem thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the wife comes out and like energy beams him. Are you saying I'm your energy beam? I'm here to protect you. Yeah, you are my energy beam. I would bring you on my Mass Effect suicide mission. Uh, that's the highest compliment you can give. Suicide yeah. mission. I'd be there. You know what I mean? We'd have to put me on the right job, otherwise I would die. You crawl through the vents. That does sound like something I'd be good at. Yeah. I'm really good at getting all wet and wiggling in places. You know uh, I mean? As long as they're the vents the size of the Batman Arkham vents. You know? Yeah, of course. They're the size vents. Exactly. Exactly. Man you get in there with vents. the ears? Come on. Uh, Imran, how are you feeling? How tired are you right now? I'm feeling okay. I took a little nap in the back office. I noticed, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. otherwise, you, did you, you didn't end up sleeping. You no, just, I just yeah. worked on my Life is Strange Platinum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just grind that out while I put together the show. Of course, if you didn't know, if you're just you know having a normal day, it's not a normal day here. We did a 6 a.m. Uh, live stream of stay to play for playstation mm-hmm. which is too early for us but barrett was up at 4 a.m i saw did you walk here yep uh i ubered to the starbucks and then i took a nice little walk from the starbucks to here don't i feel like, like when it's that dark i don't feel safe walking out like it oh, doesn't I, matter how early it is or whatever if it's dark it just like definitely wait. ran into a raccoon uh waiting for my <laughs> uber uh at home so that was fun so i definitely like the, the street that I walked down from Starbucks to here, I definitely like walked in the middle of the street because sure. I knew there wouldn't be cars. And I was like, if I'm too close to like bushes or anything, there's a raccoon going to come and fuck me I was me walking up. through Golden Gate Park a couple weekends ago. There was raccoons out in the daytime. And people were like, oh, take me. I'm like, no, this is what Grandma Miller yeah. warned me about. Get the fuck away from these things. I, I, I have the same fear. I feel like city raccoons, you definitely don't want to fuck with them, but okay. they're not. You don't fuck with the raccoon, period. Yeah, but they're not nearly. Pro tip from Kind of Funny Games, yeah, they don't fuck yeah. with the raccoon. They're not nearly as aggressive as, like, Midwest Country raccoons. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, where if you get in a 20-foot distance with, of them, they will come for you. Whereas, yeah. like, the raccoon I ran into this morning was like, oh, shit, I also did not expect you to be here. And, like, <laughs> You're never up this early. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> scampered, just going about my job. scampered away so that. Like that thought came to my head this morning. You know how they're like tea or like coffee places or whatever for like cats? Like, oh, tea cafes, cat, cat cafes. cafes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I found out recently there's a raccoon version of that, which I would never want to go to. I find that idea horrifying. Yeah. Like, even though they're probably nice and clean, you want like to think they're and nice stuff and clean, like yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, no, I just want to pet a cat. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to deal with raccoons. Is this in drink. Japan as well? Yes, yeah. is, I went to an they, owl cafe in Japan. Ooh. Hmm. Is it called Rex? Felt pretty bad. Felt pretty bad pretty fast about the Alice here because they're screeching at each other like, oh my God. Yeah, that seems like a, a business plan that falls apart very fast. Yeah, yeah, you get one raccoon goes rogue, you know what I mean? <laughs> Raccoons and koalas. If we could domesticate those things, make them smaller, mm-hmm. we'd be millionaires. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need you to go read Charles Darwin books of evolution. Yeah. And that, that was he. Mm. Now I know who Darwin did evolution, obviously. Well, who was the guy I learned about in biology class that used the pea pods to like cross? He cross did the peas to figure out what how it was like your eyes got different colors and like R- like genes, genes and stuff he did like it that. With genes, You're talking about Punit Square, but I'm not positive that's his name. Oh uh, yeah, Reginald C. Punit. Yeah, there you go. See, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. stuff from school. 
I never slightly studied. remember biotech. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Instead, <laughs> we're going to talk about MLB The Show no longer being an exclusive, the state of play rundown, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live on Twitch.tv slash Games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to KindOfFunny.com slash You're Wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you pack a lunch there's a lot Number one, if you missed our State of Play live reactions, you can go watch them. YouTube.com slash games. If you're watching live or you want to watch it later, after this Games Daily, which is an hour early, we are doing a live reactions to the Nintendo Independent Game Stream, whatever they're calling it. You can watch that live Twitch, YouTube.com slash games later. Get, let's get even crazier than that. Fran Mirabella wrote in with this. To celebrate Destiny 2's newly released Season of Dawn, tonight, Games Daily's very own Fran will be featured on the Twitch front page for the first time. He'll be live slaying Cabal at 8 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to support and show Twitch the power of the kind of funny best friends, just head over to twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore and set those live notifications uh, if you want to be extra cool. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. That's a huge deal. I'm, a, I'm very proud of Fran. I, I'd, I'd like to host it here, but I'll probably be asleep by the time this happens. <laughs> uh, we, we can probably, uh, someone will take care of it, but uh, also... Uh, we can probably ho-ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, We're he, firing on four hours. Did he write that himself of kind of funny games daily? He his did. Own yeah, Fran yeah. Mirabella. But I think he did it. I think he wrote it not thinking I would immediately be like, Fran wrote into this thing. You know what yeah, I mean? So I kind of yeah. like pulled back the sausage there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, Game Awards are Thursday. There's going to be a watch along for that as well. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Then, if you are in the DC area, kind of DC over on Twitter is doing a kind of funny best friend meetup uh, December 14th at 5 p.m. They're going to be in Georgetown. You can go to twitter.com slash kind of DC to find out more about that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklyn, and Quip. But I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Now you might say there's a state of play this morning. Clearly that'll be the biggest news. That'll be what they lead with. It is not, ladies and gentlemen. Instead, we go with a press release that was farted out last night <laughs> after we all went home. MLB The Show isn't exclusive anymore. All right. Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and San Diego Studio jointly announced today that they have entered into multi-year extensions to continue development and distribution of MLB The Show, the award-winning, officially licensed video game. All right, cool. That's all normal. That's what you'd expect to see. Here's where we go. Nutso. In addition, the historic expansion of the long-standing partnerships will bring MLB The Show for the first time ever to additional console platforms beyond PlayStation platforms as early as 2021. Complete details will be announced at a later date. The world shook, Shuhei wept, and then Phil Spencer tweeted, while quote-tweeting the tweet about this, great to see the game is coming to more players. Nintendo, quote-tweeted, just the baseball emotion. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go! Play ball, Barry! You know what I'm saying? I'm so fucking excited! It's very, very, very weird. Yes. Bizarre, crazy thing to say. Imran, why is it happening? 
Uh, so I'll preface this by saying I don't know a whole lot about MLB The Show as a series. It's baseball. It's baseball, but it also does extremely well for Sony as a game. Like, a lot, there are people who buy PS4 solely for this game. Right. Bear plays it every year. Well, not every year. There will uh, be times where like, I start it or try it out, and I'm like, oh, some mechanics here feel weird. I don't so like this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know a little bit about RBI Baseball, because RBI Baseball was also the MLB's like previous attempt yeah. to get like a baseball series going that wasn't Everywhere. MLB. Yeah, 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 just get it on every system, like make sure it's all ported and like does well. Everyone hated it. It was critically panned. It sold terribly. So I think this is MLB going to Sony and saying, hey, these are our deals for licensing now. This cannot just be exclusive series anymore. And Sony is doing the smart thing, going like, "Hell yeah, we can make a lot more money if we put it on their systems." Like, I don't think this is such a driver of consoles that they need to have it only on PS4. Yeah. Versus the like other revenue service or other revenue having this like microtransaction laden game on other systems. That's what I was gonna say. Right. This is you have to imagine some some kind of. We've won. I agree that I think it's definitely MLB being like, listen, you guys kill it. Yeah. The game's incredible every year. You know what I mean? And this is something I remember uh, back on Beyond Days and IGN Days talking about all the time of like, none of us really played the show. We weren't baseball people. But covering PlayStation, talking to Christian Phillips at the time, Ramon at the time, Scott Rohde uh, at PlayStation, like we understood how much went into this game. We understand how, how good this game is for a baseball fan. And I think it's one of those things it's so easy to chalk it up as another annual sports game, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. When in reality, so much goes into this every year. So many, so many people are working so hard on this. I do think for sure it's MLB being like, listen, we don't want to – you have the exclusive. You have the license. You should run with it and do it, but we need to get this on more consoles. But I also do think it's PlayStation having that real conversation of, cool, have we tapped out on what this can be? Right. Can we tap? Have we tapped out on how many people are going to buy a PlayStation for one game, for MLB The Show? At what point do we sit there and say, we're making money hand over fist? Like, uh, you know, I just pull it up here because I know every year it does so well. I'm looking at a pushsquare.com article uh, from April uh, 24th, 2019. That's, you know, March 2019, NPD. MLB The Show 19 sets a genre sales record. Right. Uh, you know, it was uh, MLB, a new genre record making these. Like, it's like clearly. It's a huge thing still, but why not put it everywhere and make it even huger, mm-hmm. right? Like, I understand, like, obviously, yep, you know, consoles, there's this race. We want You want exclusive to move it. But is MLB moving exclusive PlayStation units to a point that it doesn't make sense to for the bottom line to be everywhere? Right. It's not like they're putting their biggest... They're not putting things that people associate solely with Sony on there Mm -hmm. because MLB is a larger thing than just PlayStation. Right? They're not putting God of War on the Xbox or anything like that. It's a very reasonable ask to say, "Hey, this team that only does this stuff, why don't we have them just work like do a thing that will triple their revenue right now and make it so the next game is even better than this one?" Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense for Sony to throw money at this when it has a ceiling. 100%, right? And that's the thing is how much more can you put into it? And as, you know, now uh, we're getting to bigger and bigger and bigger games, you you put more and more into it. At what point is there this cost-benefit analysis of, well, how much, you know, dollars and cents does it make sense (laughs) to spend on this game, on development of this game, if it can only bring back X amount of money? Right. And so, yeah, blowing off the lid and putting it everywhere, you assume, Switch, uh, uh, PC, Xbox, 
Stadia. You know what I mean? Getting yeah. it on all sorts of things where if you're a baseball fan and you have a video game unit, you can play this now. It's interesting to me that both, obviously both Nintendo and Microsoft were told about it, but I guess I didn't think about that until I saw like their tweets of like, oh, they were prepared with a like, I guess if you want to call it baseball emoji, a statement. Yeah. Like they were prepared <laughs> with that at the, to just say like, yeah, this is coming to our systems. Yeah, we're excited about this. We're yeah. excited about this being expanded on that. Because like if, if we just got that Sony PR release and that's it, yeah. I would have just assumed PC and that's Yeah, all. right. And that's the thing. And I think it's interesting, you know, p- to point out, uh, so this is, you know, Sony San Diego, the mm-hmm. people who work on uh, the show. Sony San Diego also was, before everything uh, went different there, the incubator of the weird stuff like uh, Guns Up, like Kill Strain. Like they were, they were the ones trying out free to play for PlayStation. So yeah. I do think it's interesting that at the things they learned, because correct me if I'm wrong, Guns Up was one of the PC releases as well back in the day. It's one of those of like, you are also going to be the test bed for what it looks like to put a PlayStation game onto an Xbox console. Mm-hmm. Onto a Nintendo, and they've Switch. been experimenting a bit with that too. Of like, Renaissance Heroes was launched at the Epic sure. Games Store, immediate, yep. like same time as the PS4 version. So I think Sony is starting to. They're the company, aside from Nintendo, who I don't think will ever change their specific model on this. That I, I think feels most, or that I always thought felt least comfortable about putting their games on their systems. Yeah. So I feel like this speaks to a more like Jim Ryan era kind of thing, of trying to change that up a bit. Billy the door writes in. To patreon.com slash kinda funny games, just like you can, and so many of you did. So many of you actually wrote in with pertinent questions as I love for kinda funny games daily. There's no reader mail section because they're all peppered in in the news stories. Billy the door says, Wowie! <laughs> Sony San Diego is putting MLB the show on other platforms. It makes sense to me. The game is microtransaction heavy, so now more people will be able to spend money in their microtransaction store. It got me thinking though about the decline of exclusives. The PlayStation 2 era had tons of exclusive games, and with the last generation, we saw a lot of franchises go from being console exclusives to multi-platform. Metal Gear Solid, Kingdom Hearts, Bioshock, and Mass Effect, to name a few. What do you guys think about the future of exclusives? Do you anticipate a continued decline, or agree that there even has been a decline? I mean, yeah, there has absolutely been a third-party exclusive. No one's going to sit here and argue on that front, right? Like The day of the third-party exclusive isn't dead, but it's rare now. When it is, it's always like... It's a timed exclusive, right? What yeah. is this actually? And we'll get to Final Fantasy in a little bit. <laughs> and they like it's usually the th- the first party manufacturer paying for yep. some degree of time ex- exclusivity, and it's this generation had a couple of weird ones like Yakuza didn't want to like because Nagoshi liked Sony and associated the series with Sony for yep. so long, but for the most part, it's not. The systems are so similar these days that if you're going to put in the work for one, it makes zero sense to not put in the work for others. As a third party, yeah. yeah. Right? As you try to make like, – what is the benefit out – if you're not getting a really, really, really sweet deal from Microsoft, PlayStation, whoever, what's the point of going in and doing this when you, there's so many video game consoles, tablets, whatever out there for people to play your game on? Yeah. And, like, Nintendo's always going to be very, like, close to the chest with their games because they view that as their main thing. Yeah. Of it is extremely important that people know to get it. To play a Nintendo game, they have to own a Nintendo console. Yeah. Mobile aside. So I think Sony's starting to realize, hey, we shouldn't put The Last of Us on Xbox or whatever, but MLB is probably fine. There's probably yeah. a couple other games that are fine. They've, I don't know what the right situation is with, like, Heavy Rain and Detroit and all that. But they seem to be fine with it going to Seem PC. Like older games, right? Yeah, yeah, you go ahead and Quantic Dream. You can move your stuff over there. Yeah, yeah. Like the logic to me is, if you're fine with selling a game for like fifteen bucks at Best Buy when it's that old, 
then you're probably fine with it going to another platform. So I think for Billy the Door, do you worry about the age of exclusives dying? Do you worry? Do you think that, and I, I say it with a smile already, but Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us or anything like that are going to come to Xbox? Probably not Xbox. I could see theoretically like a couple of years later they go into PC. Yeah. But how murky do you think it gets where I think right now you already have, with PlayStation specifically, uh, uh, the first wave of it with remote play being available on my phone, remote play being available on my computer, right? Now, mm-hmm. granted, I need to own the PlayStation system to remote play, right. but PlayStation now you don't, right? And then as we we see with Xbox Game Pass and Xbox, Xbox streaming services, you don't need it that way either. I feel like that's the real turnkey solution to all this where it really changes and falls on its head. When yeah. it, Again, I don't think PlayStation now or Xbox Game Pass are, are going to go to... PlayStation or Xbox, you know, uh, whichever one it would make sense for. I'm too tired to understand. But you know what I mean? I think the uh, fact that you're going to have a PC and you're going to be able to get Xbox's library, you're going to be able to get PlayStation's library, I think that speaks to it. Yeah, I mean, the future of all these things is service ecosystems, not necessarily, like, boxes that you have to buy and everything has to be played on that box. Yeah. Like, I had a friend who I was talking to the other day, and I mentioned to him that, like, oh, Control is my game of the year. And he's like, oh, I need to play that. And I know he doesn't have an Xbox, he just has a PC. It's like, well, it's going to be on Game Pass probably in the next Maybe, you know what I mean? I mean Not Phil according Sp- to Remedy. Phil Spencer more or less said it's probably going to be on Game Pass. And I think he- but then Remedy said he's a lying bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a way too early bastard for yeah, those things. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, like, it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm probably just going to wait for that then. Because mm-hmm. like, the Game Pass service works for him even though he doesn't own an Xbox and probably not going to buy an Xbox totally. for any particular game. Well, I mean, that's the thing, again, with PlayStation Now, right? As it is available on PC, it is that thing of like, all right, cool. Well, if I just wanted to play, what, God of War? Like, that's over there. That's yeah. on it. That's running. You're like, what, how do you decide when to buy the console or when not to buy the console? And that's ultimately going to be Sony's thing of when do they decide to emphasize the, those services as like a main thing. Because right now, the, Jim Ryan said, we're not sure we're putting like new first-party titles on the service, which is, I, like I said before, they're afraid of the industry going that genera- or that way because it does devalue those games quite a bit. Sure. But if they do start doing that, if they do say, okay, Ghost of Tsushima, as an example, is going to be launching on PS Now and retail at the exact same time, yeah. then does it make sense to like buy the game at all? And that does increase the subscri- subscription for PS Now if they do say that. Yeah. I feel like... What we're dealing with there is that you can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? Yeah. I feel like once you do that, once you start putting your stuff on day and day uh, PlayStation Now or the subscription service to that effect, uh, it's so hard to go back on it. Microsoft will eat so much shit if they go back on it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll happen with the Xbox Scarlet, but I don't. Th- I think they've already confirmed that's not happening, right? That yeah. that's continuing on. Whereas with PlayStation, I think they can continue to make you, especially with how they're how dominant they were this this generation, they can continue to make you buy the games. And then when they notice that dip, when they see it actually affect the sales of the PlayStation Five versus Xbox, then they get the moment of saying it's all there, and then they get to hopefully make up that ground. I mean, between like crossplay and all this stuff too, it. The where you buy a console thing is becoming less and less important. Yeah. So I think Sony is looking at those numbers and thinking we need to adapt. Yeah. Because just the they were the initial crossplay th- dismissiveness they had before kids, we got to protect the kids. was embarrassing for yeah. them because like Minecraft came out today. Yeah. Do you remember their excuses why they couldn't have gotta that? Protect the kids, man. Gotta, We'd love to do it for the kids. 
Yeah. They're out there playing. And it. now it's like, okay, cool. Fuck the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Draw all the dicks you like, want in Minecraft and show them to little Timmy. Nothing fucking changed except they kind of got, kinda got realized. Or they realized the market is changing around them. Yeah. And like Fortnite and Rocket League and all that stuff. And it does sound like pretty much everything that asks at this point to, to become crossplay can become crossplay. Yeah. So they're realizing. Okay, well, what do we emphasize to make those numbers? And it's not just consoles sold anymore. I think if you create an, an appetizing box and you create a, an ecosystem around it with services that people want, brand name will drive that to getting a decent numbers. But I think they're going to start reporting MAUs, the monthly activations, more than they're going to start reporting sales. console sales. Yeah. I think what's interesting, too, about the show is I think it's... It, it makes so much sense when you look at the library. Mm-hmm. I don't think putting God of War or God of War 2 or whatever, Last of Us Part 2, whatever you want to say, any upcoming games onto Xbox and Switch makes a lot of sense. Yeah, The show does because I think even when we sit here and you talk about Sony first-party exclusives, it's rare that we ever say the show. It's there, sure, but like MLB isn't there. They don't own the MLB. It's this weird partnership, mm-hmm. right? I feel that this gets to be their salvo back where, cool, you can get better acquisition, right, and log in, and then you're using your Microsoft account to do all this stuff to get the cross-store progression and all that jazz, right? When, in 2021, let's say it does actually launch, they put out the show everywhere. I bet when you sign in, you're signing it up for a PlayStation Network account. Yeah, right? I can you're, see that. You're going to be attaching it to that. You're going to be making purchases that make sense on the PlayStation ecosystem. Like, it's that tit for tat that finally they're getting their their service and getting you to register on their getting all these switch and xbox and pc people to register for a playstation account mm-hmm. which then and then it gets into a lot of cool interesting weird questions of so is this going to be a sony first party game that is then cross play and then using that and then does that give them a trial of playstation plus <laughs> does that give mm-hmm. them playstation now does that you know what i mean like what do you do to entice them when they sign up to get them to keep going into the PlayStation ecosystem? Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate MLB because it harkens back to this age where first parties used to make their own sports games. Yeah. Like Nintendo and Sega used to do it. Oh, yeah. 2K. And like it's now wrapped up in third-party stuff except for MLB, the show. Yeah. So I've always thought that's a one advantage Sony had over pretty much everyone else. Like Nintendo doesn't make the sports games anymore because they just don't have the, I guess, the studios to make it themselves. So... They better be fucking be making a Mario Golf because I'm getting sick of waiting. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I mean they just put out tennis and tennis is a success, but like, I where's the new Strikers Charge or anything like that? Mario Golf, yeah. Mario Golf, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, it's interesting if they all like had their own licenses and they put them all on every system instead of just EA dominating it or 2K having their own. Yeah. Like, I would be interested to see like how does that change the landscape for sports games in the future? Yeah. Well, it's the same argument as always, right? Like, competition always breeds better games. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you look at WWE games, you look at Madden games, and, like, when you see them get bagged on, the problem is that there's not a giant motivating factor because no one's really threatening their dominance. Yeah. Whereas back in the day when it was EA going up against 2K, and 2K was like, we got first person in the helmet. We're, we're uh, was it 20 bucks cheaper? Like, they were, like, yeah. out to, f- they were out for blood, which actually meant things changed. Even when it was, and I understand that it was both EA, but even when NCAA was happening, and it was, are you an NCAA guy or are you a Madden guy? Like, there was a difference there. Mm-hmm. The good old days. Yeah. Maybe now we'll get back with that NCAA game. I'm just <laughs> really excited to have this uh, this series come to Switch because I used to be heavily into the franchise mode and yeah. play through, like, an entire season. Like, I didn't do that this year because there's Can't so much, like, life changes and shit like that. Yeah. But now that... Uh, there's the possibility that I can pick up and go. Like I can actually see that through, which I think is really cool. My one concern, though, is how those controllers are going to feel on a Nintendo Switch controller. Sure. Well, you got that uh, 
F1 fixture. What are, what's the new name for the Switch fix? Whatever. The thing yeah. you can do the controller. Also, just for the record, because they're going to eat you live in the comments, you could do that in Vita. Where were you then? Where were you when we needed you? You know what I mean? Um, you, you know, know a skate park, listening to Tom DeLonge. That's what you were doing. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was, man. All the small things, dude. Powered. Uh, thank you. A nanobiologist says Switch fix is now called the Fixture S1. I need to email them see if I can get one. Oh, yeah, totally. That's yeah. great. Uh, number two. We have a State of Play report for you. Of course, PlayStation did State of Play, their final State of Play of 2019 today. Uh, this is how it went. Started with Untitled Goose Game. It's coming to PlayStation 4 December 17th. Also, though, this was released after the fact. It's coming to Xbox Game Pass next week. So, wah, wah on that one. Uh, if you're a PlayStation person, if you have Xbox Game Pass, it continues to be the best deal in gaming. You should be incredibly happy. <laughs> uh, Spellbreak was uh, uh, shown from Proletariat. It's coming in 2020. It's this online game. You're all shooting around fighting each other. You're getting a closed beta in spring. 2020 uh dreams had a hype trailer and announced its release date it is february 14th that's right valentine's day as leaked from a while back but still watch the impies january i think it's gonna be really fun if you have the early access version it just becomes the full version correct yeah also an interesting move i mean they they were very clear about this obviously with hey early access is ending you're running out of days to buy it i think the last day kind of find.com slash you're wrong to buy it was yesterday or it was a seven was it i couldn't remember i thought it was the eighth or the ninth. It doesn't Maybe, matter. Yeah. Whatever. It was like very, it was like two days ago then at least. Yeah. And then they just cut off. And here's the release date. And I already saw the thing today. Dreams isn't out yet. Shut up, everybody. <laughs> uh, Super Liminal coming in 2020 to PlayStation. Uh, that's the one that you, sh- you might remember from the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, where you, you know, perspective is the big thing. It's one of those puzzler games. Uh, Paper Beast was shown. It's a PlayStation VR game. Uh, the developers of Another World are making it. Uh, and it's coming Q1 2020. Uh, that Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC that got leaked was shown here officially, Remind, coming January 23rd, 2020. It had a whole bunch of fucking price points at the end of it, and I was just like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, th- there was a bunch of words I did not understand. Yeah. And like, it's a, like data greeting now involved. Like, what? What is data greeting? I've played this I game. I don't know what this I means. I don't want to know what a data greeting is. It's interesting, right though, now. they didn't emphasize that the Xbox, ver- I guess they paid for ex- exclusivity, but the Xbox version comes out a month later. Mm-hmm. If I were if I were a Kingdom Hearts three Xbox One owner, I would be very pissed. I mean, I would be too because I'd be a huge fucking dork. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'll make you get out of here. You know what I mean? You fucking dork. You dorks, come on, play a real game. Why aren't you playing Life is Strange? Uh, Predator Hunting Grounds gets a release date of April 24th, 2020. Can't fucking wait. Uh, Babylon's Fall got shown. Uh, I saw people on Twitter being fairly negative about it. Really? You were yeah. excited. You seemed like you were having a good time with I it. I liked it because like, I like platinum game stuff, and I was like looking at all the things of, oh, this is there's like a dodge offset there. Yeah. Or, like there's a grapple hook to bring enemies closer. That's the kind of stuff that appeals to me as a character action fan. Sure. I saw people like, oh, it's just sword guy doing stuff in kind of boring environments. Which like I could see that if people if you're not in the genre, yeah, that's kind of what people knocked Devil May Cry Five for is that it didn't look like you did anything besides fighting, yeah. Which for the most part in that game you didn't, and if that's this game, then that's not going to turn people on. Gotcha. Uh, no, there's more info on Babylon's Fall coming next summer, mm-hmm. so assume E3. From there, uh, it was time for Project Resistance, which <gasps> big reveal: the single player campaign is Resident Evil Three. That whole thing was designed as, as if it never leaked. Yeah, of course. Of like, which sucks. It would have been a cool. Would have been a bomb ass announcement if I mean, that I, happened. Yeah. I already knew about it being like resistant or related to resistance, so like that wouldn't have been big to me. But yeah. in general, like it was the whole thing was wait until you see Jill, and that was like oh, it's Resident Evil Three. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. But we already knew because we reported on it and it got leaked. Well, it got leaked because PlayStation put it up on their back end by accident. Or also, they should call it Resident Evil. 
They should. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 3 is coming out April 3rd, 2020. Uh, when you buy it, you get Project Resistance, of course, that 4, uh, 4v1 asymmetrical co-op multiplayer set in the Resident Evil universe. Uh, then... Ken Kutiagi, Ken, <laughs> I know, I, I know how to say this one. Uh-huh. Anyways, Ken popped out and said, "Hey, it's the 25th anniversary of PlayStation. Congratulations, everybody, you made it." And then they ended with a brief tease of Ghost of Tsushima uh, at the Game Awards. You'll actually get the full trailer of the Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it's the longest trailer there, according to the one and only Jeff Keighley. I'm, I mean, it's good that they're putting out the Game Awards. I was like, when that trailer ended, I was like, I am reasonably pissed that they're that not this, it was like 30 seconds of like nothing yeah like I mean, it looks cool nothing. can't wait for that game want more from that game now i gotta wait till game awards okay cool yeah longest trailer there all right cool i hope it ends with the release date you think it will i don't know like maybe because i mean what schreier said earlier this year was that last of us delay affected ghost of Tsushima. so maybe they're taking some time to put it a little later sure like do you feel like if they said this game comes out july like, it's too early to announce it now. Maybe. But are you doing E3 again? Here's the thing you got to start thinking about, mm-hmm. is that once we get into 2020, the hype cycle begins for PlayStation 5. Right. And I do. And while I'm super stoked for Ghost of Tsushima, I think it's a cool thing, a samurai, uh, you know, Western or whatever, uh, that has a limited market. Mm-hmm. It's a Sucker Punch game, which I think is an awesome thing as an infamous fan. But again, a limited market, I think, in terms of what that actually means. They're not Naughty Dog, I don't think, to the general PlayStation audience. Yeah. I think... You have to get the information out and start building hype before you really get on that train of it's all about PlayStation 5 and here's what that's going to look like at launch. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that anyway because they have Last of Us is also coming out after presumably they will like reveal the PS5. Yeah. So they have to have uh, like some marketing dedicated to PS4 stuff still. Totally. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it all works out. I expect with that Dreams announcement, yeah. I think that's probably pretty close to a PS5 reveal, and I think they will say also Dreams will carry over to PS5. Oh sure, for oh yeah, totally. As like a PS5 title. Okay, I'll take but, it. I'll yeah, take it. I I don't. I think they probably will announce the release date with in the early part of the year, but I don't think it's going to be at TGS. Okay. We shall see. Uh, worth pointing out while we're talking about the Game Awards, too, uh, Fortnite put up a tweet that, hey, we're nominated to do this thing, but also we'll be making a special announcement during the show, so don't miss it. Your annual Fortnite announcement there of what's going to happen. Yeah. See what's up. Jeff what Keighley costume. is playable in the game. I would buy that skin in a heartbeat. Just take the John Wick skin and just change the head. 99 Jeff Keighley's are dropped onto an island. <laughs> um, the Mary Nanobiologist writes into patreon.com slash games and says, That Ghost of Tsushima reveal was really weird. Why show anything at all when you're only going to show a 30-second teaser clip? Is it just... I'm sorry. Is it just to get fans to watch the Game Awards? Yes. Am I cr- incorrect to assume that most gamers already watch TGAs for the announcements already? If not, why not just wait uh, to show the full trailer there instead of having a weird splice trailer? Like that. Because they knew that state of play was weirdly paced. And they're like, okay, well, we have this. Let's throw it at the end. And, like, I'm sure Jeff Keighley has requested, because, like, we've talked about this before. Usually these things cost money, but there are some exceptions. Yeah. So if he, like, if this is one of his conditions of you get the advertiser spot for free, but please tease it during your state of play, then it makes sense to put it here so people watch the Game Awards. Yeah. I think it's... I have two different scenarios in my head. The first all, it goes back to what we were just talking about, where I think that to us, to people who listen to Podcast Beyond, uh, like PlayStation Faithful, Sucker Bunch, Ghost of Tsushima, awesome. I know what I'm getting, and I'm into that, right? Mm -hmm. General everybody else, there's this game that's in Japanese, but it's not from a Japanese (laughs) studio. What the fuck's going on? I think... 
getting that at the end, having this little tease, there's this beautiful game, they're making it into a, a moment, they're making it into a big event, that's cool. I think that, you know, getting out in front of what theoretically could be a huge Game Awards, also a big deal, because if it is that, out of the blue at the Game Awards, it, we hadn't seen this teaser, mm-hmm. out of the blue, they drop Ghost of Tsushima, right? That sounds awesome, but if there is a Batman game, a Harry Potter game, this other giant AAA thing, they get the headlines, they steal the thunder, and Sucker Punch, as usual, is demoted to being this, like, uh, second-class citizen, where mm-hmm. it's not Naughty Dog, it's not this. I'm like, all right, fuck, well, but shit. Think about this as one of the known reveals for the Game Awards, that we know that trailer is going to be there. Yeah. Every article for the next three, four days is going to say, what we know yep. about the Game Awards, what will be yep. there, and it will all say Ghost of Tsushima. 100%. Like, from a PR perspective, that's really useful for them. Yeah. Now, here, Imran Khan, is my second scenario <laughs> that I don't believe, but I like to float because you're so smart and we have good discussions. <laughs> Do you think it's possible that Ghost of Tsushima wasn't going to originally end this thing? Do you think it was possible that maybe the Ken thing was going to be towards the front and they were going to end with, and Project Resistance is Resident Evil 3, and everybody's going to lose their minds and have a great time, and then the fucking box art leaked, and they're like, fuck, how do we fix this? And they hit up Jeff Keighley, and they're like, can we just show the 30 seconds from it and put it at the end? We'll say go to the Game Awards and yada, yada, yada. I think it's unlikely, but I yeah. think it could be possible. Generally, I think they realize it's the Nintendo Direct problem where if people th- they see enough third-party games, they don't care. Yeah. Because they're there for Nintendo. Granted, Sony has that problem in like a lot, like a exponentially less issue because people do get a lot of third-party stuff on Sony systems. Yeah. But here I think, well, I'm not a Resident Evil fan, so that really didn't do much for me. If you're watching State of Play, you're a Sony fan for sure. Sure. So sure. I think they knew we got to end it on something and like Dreams isn't going to do it. And the Ken Kuraragi thing is not a big reveal. So yeah. this is like this is an easy way to go, well, we just did Last of Us. We don't have a whole lot of other else that we've announced, so let's put this in here. Okay. I think it was either going to be that or like a I agree. Piece. I don't think it was something that was – I don't think that's how it is, but it, it would have been an interesting like fucking Hail Mary at this last second to try to fix this. How do we fix this? Yeah. But I think everything we said before about Ghost of Tsushima, the promotion, every article leading into Thursday now makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, I think they, they recorded it and they're like, oh, well, shit, that leaked. Well, whatever. Like, yeah. Smoked another cigar lit with a $100 <laughs> bill. Uh, Frank Furter writes into patreon.com slash games and says, good morning, Greg and Imran. Another day. Another game has been announced to release in the February-April timeline of next year. With the following games being released so close together, which are you most eager to play? Final Fantasy VII Remake, Neo 2, Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Persona 5 Royal, Resident Evil 3 Remake, Cyberpunk 2077. If you want to go into May, we can include The Last of Us Part Two and Marvel's Avengers. Personally, I'm most excited for Resident, uh, I'm sorry, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I'm just as excited for The Last of Us Part Two. Imran, where do you put your chips on what you want to play the most out of that list? Out of this list, Final Fantasy VII Remake, for sure. Okay. Like, that's the one I'm most excited for. I would probably put Cyberpunk right after that. Yeah. Then for me, if we're not going into the bonus round, I'm putting Cyberpunk as the one mm-hmm. from that first grouping. If we went into May, I would put Last of Us Part Two above Cyberpunk. I think even if we put it in the May, I'd probably, like... I mean, I like Last of Us a lot. Sure. I, for whatever reason, I'm just not excited about this gun. Like, yeah. I, it's fun. I, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's just a known quantity to me. So like I know it's going to be good, so like I'm just gonna wait for it to come out and of play. Course. I'm actually I'm kinda turning my tune a little bit on Avengers. 
because like once I showed that Kamala Khan trailer, maybe it's just I really like Kamala Khan. Yeah. But like I was like, oh, this actually looks good. It looks a lot more polished. It looks a lot more interesting. Sure. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I'm totally down to see what Avengers turns into. But Avengers is one of those things that, at least at the moment, I'm like, compared to here, I've, out of this, what we just went through the list, like, honestly, again, the first part, if we put them all together, uh, with no order, it'd be Cyberpunk, Last of Us, Avengers, uh, Animal Crossing. And Animal Crossing would probably bump that list pretty quick. But it would probably be Cyberpunk, Last of Us, Animal Crossing, then Avengers. I think my list would be Final Fantasy VII, Cyberpunk, Animal Crossing, Doom, Neo... Resident Evil, or I'm sorry, I didn't put Last of Us. Last of Us should probably be like right below Doom. Okay. Doom, or Last of Us, Neo, Resident Evil, Persona. Fair. My top three would be Cyberpunk, FF7 Remake, and then Persona 5. You're gonna get Animal Crossing is gonna catch you off. No, <laughs> You're gonna build your house with me. We're no, gonna have a man. good time. I'm gonna be a futuristic cyber oh, cyber girl, and we're gonna fuck up uh, that city that we're in. Totally. And then I'm going to be a big cloud anime boy and uh, fucking tear up the city that he's in. And then I'm going to be a handsome little high school boy uh, stealing the hearts of uh, evil people. I'm surprised you said cloud and not Barrett. Good point. Yeah. He spells his name differently, though. It I don't know why I ruined it for you. Huh? He's got one T. It's like when the Gregs put two G's at the end of Greg. Yeah. It pisses me off. Yeah. Why? Are you saying I piss you off? You do do that? I have two T's at the end of my name. Oh, no, no. G's. Uh, G's for okay. Greg. I don't okay. care what you do with Barrett. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah. You live your life. It has to be there. the same name, otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, I, have no, I have no strong feelings about the T's in Barrett. Um, <laughs> and then Last of Us Part 2, probably at number four, just because I'm, I'm really excited for that story and stuff. Yeah. But that gameplay, probably going to be be a stressful time for me. So Sure. That's yeah. 100% correct. Yeah. yeah. My, I had a preview event, man. My heart was beating on my chest. Yeah. Not it's interesting, like, games like that that are known quantities that I know are going to be part of the game of the year conversation, and, yeah. like, especially for me, I, it's not that I don't want to play them. It's just that I, like, it's harder for me to get hype for them because I know I'm going to play them. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. It's strange. That's yeah. my thing. I think, honestly, like... Again with it, yeah. It's I, I want to play all those games. They you know they will be full stops when they come in. It'll be like the week of where I'm early week before I'm like jonesing for Cyberpunk. Yeah, where I'm like ready. I'm like mentally prepared to go in for ninety hours and be weird. For me, that one still feels weird. Like it feels feels odd that it's going to be a game that comes out and we can play. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. After so many hands off E3 demos, eventually that's going to be in your hands. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm excited to see what the end result for that game is of like does it hold up to those demos totally we'll see soon enough everybody uh number three speaking of games you're excited for final fantasy 7 exclusivity has been explained a bit or at least maybe even muddled more matthew adler at ign writes square enix has just updated the box art on its store page for the upcoming final fantasy 7 remake which now displays a message on the bottom right corner that reads playstation exclusive Play first on PS4, followed by further messaging that clarifies it will be a timed exclusive until March 3rd, 2021. Originally spotted on Twitter by Wario64, who pointed out the updated box art. With Final Fantasy VII Remake set to launch March 3rd, 2020, this puts the timed exclusivity window at a year for PS4 users. This updated box art comes shortly after Square Enix revealed a slick reversible cover for the upcoming game. Although no additional platforms have been revealed at the time at this time, sorry, beyond PlayStation 4, it is worth noting that we can expect to be well into the next generation of consoles by early 2021, meaning we may see a cross-platform release for this anticipated return to Midgar. On that same note, BJ Bernardo writes in. 
to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says with final fantasy 7 remake cover art showing it's a timed exclusive currently only releasing for this Will Final Fantasy VII Remake be re-released on March 3rd, 2021 and updated for PS5 and Xbox Project Scarlet, or will it be released as an Xbox One game that is backwards compatible? How does this affect the development of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? Imran, lots to discuss there. How mm-hmm. do you feel about, first off, one year of exclusivity? I mean, we always knew it was going to be time exclusive because like, the very first reveal said first on PlayStation, which always, if it didn't say exclusive on PlayStation, it's not right. entirely exclusive. So I'm not shocked. I think it probably, like, the answer of will it come to PS5 and Xbox Scarlet or Xbox One, like, the answer is everything. Yeah. Like, why not just, because they're, if they're putting it on Xbox One, they're probably putting it on PC too. So they've got a variable amount of things they can do with it. Scaling and whatever. Yeah. So why not just put it on everything and, like, print out those different cases and discs? Yeah. Uh, Do you, what do you, and then you think for part two? Is assumedly that's still years out. Obviously, they are mm-hmm. working on it. That's been confirmed. Uh, that's. Do you think there is a PlayStation Four version of that, or is it just the next gen? Hmm. Depends on when it comes out. I know we talked to Square Enix's president at E three, and I like he th- think he said that. Oh yeah, the next next part or one of the next parts is going to be next generation. Yeah. So like obviously they know that they can't like this game comes out at the very tail end of this one. So obviously the next ones will come like. But how are how is saves going to work? Like how is cross progression going to work? All that stuff. It's you feel I, uh, I actually am out on a limb here. How much Final Fantasy thirteen did you ever play? I finished it. Oh, okay, yeah. so did you ever play part two? Yes. Did your save carry over there? No. See, I think that's what this is. I understand that we keep calling it episodic, and that's how it's going. That's how they've said it too. I think it's way more of a Final Fantasy thirteen to Final Fantasy thirteen part two. But thirteen two is like a different story with different characters. But I feel like I don't, and maybe, and I'm. And I'm talking on my ass as somebody who didn't play Final Fantasy VII originally. I mean, mm-hmm. I've tried it a bunch of times and can't work with it. But looking at this, I feel like you're going to get to an end, and it's not going to be like a Telltale game where it's going to be like who lived and who died, right? Like right. there's a story, there's a narrative, you're going to finish it, and then you're going to pick up the next time, and you're going to start all over again and turning and earning your XP and going through and learning your Phoenix Downs or whatever. I do think that's what's most likely. I think that'll also piss some people off. Of course. Well, it's Who's everybody's pissed yeah. off about everything. Who like grinded to level 100 and made totally. more. Yeah. But I also, you the hope would be right that with this remake and what they've talked about, they've talked a good game with the remake, right? Mm-hmm. When they are clear that they're who's working on the game and what's happening. It sounds like it's going to be a meaty game on its own. And so if it is delivering a Final Fantasy 13 experience and you put in whatever and you grind to 100, hopefully you feel like you got your time out of that and that you weren't expecting to do like a Mass Effect thing and carry all of it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious what they end up naming a part two. Like, do they just... Is Final it Fantasy VII Dash 2, probably, right? Because, like, taking the box art, we've seen it, and it just says Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. which is somewhat misleading because it's, like, it's a remake of that first part of the game. Well, like, I'll obviously added stuff in a full yeah, game, yeah. but if you're going in there thinking, oh, man, I fucking love that part in, like, where Sephiroth kills whatever. Like, if you love that part, then you're not going to see that in this game. Yeah. Like, it's... I, if they end up calling it part two, they say, like, part two, the part where it gets near the end, risk one. Like, what is – they have a lot of branding problems, and I think they're not looking f- – they're not forward-thinking enough about this. Yeah. Because right now they just want to sell this version, get it out the door, and then figure out the rest. Mm-hmm. Do you think if it's good enough, though, people won't care? Probably. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. Like I feel like, you know, for the Final Fantasy VII faithful, the hardcore, the, like Tim, like, if when they get it, and they play it, and if it's fucking awesome and and just slaps, mm-hmm. and it ends where it ends, 
I think it's going to be an okay thing. It'll be the, oh, man, I wish it would have gone further. I, I can't believe I have to wait, yada, yada, yada. But, I, I like, when this whole thing broke, you know what I mean, where I think it was when the box art was originally revealed and there were articles about people being pissed off that it didn't say that in there. There's no messaging or how to, you know, what is it? Like, do, what are you talking about with the remake or is it the full game? I feel like that is such a us problem, the people who are paying attention to games on the daily basis, that I think you're we want it because we want clarity and we want the thing but when you get it and if it's awesome it's great and i also think the general audience who's only heard great things about final fantasy 7 if they pick it up and they get 30 hours out of it and they're like this is fantastic and yeah. then it's like whoa i didn't even get to the end of it there's more coming okay cool yeah at that point the question is going to be like hey when the hell is part two coming yeah that will be the big issue right of yeah how long are you on the hook for waiting for this yeah like they said they started it but like when i talked to them at e3 they said it's gonna take as long as this game took which is not a good answer because that that means that we're on the hook for this series for probably the next decade. Yeah, likely. I mean, that, I don't think part two will be the end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine, like, I I think I forget who had maybe Fran asked me like how many parts I expected, yeah. but it was I think it's probably going to be like five. Jesus Christ! Which is going to be like we may be playing the final version of this on the PS6. Jesus, goddamn son. Number four. What is Xbox going to call Project Scarlet? This is Steve Wright at... How do you say... Steviver, you think, on this one? St- yeah, Steviver? This is, I feel like, one of those retcons of history where I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard of this site before. Is and it then, named after Steve, right? I, I don't know. And then I was looking at uh, trophy guides today for the collectibles in Life is Strange, and I was using his videos. I'm like, where did this website <laughs> come out of the book? Anyways, uh, Steve writes. The official name for the upcoming pro- Xbox... Pro- no, I fucked all this up. The official name of the upcoming Project Scarlet will suit the console's capabilities and doesn't need to connect to those of previous Xbox releases, Phil Spencer told Survivor at XO19 in London. Sitting down with the Xbox head, we asked if the Xbox 360 and Xbox One have made it difficult to select a name for Microsoft's upcoming next-gen console, especially when compared to the sequel-like numbering naming convention of Sony's PlayStation. Quote, it hasn't, Spencer said with a shake of his head. Our naming convention has been around what we think the capabilities are, he continued. Xbox 360 was about the entertainment experience around the box and the box being in the center of that entertainment experience. Xbox One, if you remember, our branding early on was always on input, all in one. Those names were really built around the purpose of the box. I don't feel like I need to follow in I don't feel I don't feel like I need to follow in their footsteps because they're kind of self-contained, Spencer concluded. He's bullshitting about the 360 title. Like everyone knew why they named it 360. I forget what was it. Cuz it was the second Xbox but a third PlayStation so they didn't want to seem like mm. they were a lesser console. So it was like, okay, name it 360. I think the Xbox 1 was a good name for what they had planned that well, console to be. Was it pitched originally? Yeah, yeah. But Xbox I, on. Yeah. Xbox TV. But after it didn't become the all-in-one place for all your entertainment needs or whatever the fuck the pitch was. Yeah, yeah. Remember, like, the PR initially for that, like, the Xbox console? Yeah, yeah. Is that every single instance of the name was Xbox One, the all-in-one digital console, like, whatever. Yeah. But I thought that name was good, but after a while, I was like, okay, this gets dumber and dumber as we go yeah, on totally, to it. Yeah, totally, totally. And especially as he started discussing, like, Xbox backwards compatibility because they had to call it Xbox original backwards compatibility. Yeah. Uh, I think they should, I mean, like, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I would. Do you have a guess? I'm always one for, especially with Xbox and especially what they're about to do. Like, I think of really being like, "Hey, we're just one platform. We're one thing." I think it's just called Xbox. I've heard people toss it around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, you can give it some weird serial number you need to or whatever, but it's the same thing. I think because we're to the point with, "Hey, what kind of phone do you use?" Oh, I use an iPhone. 
You know what I mean? And then when you really, oh, you have the three lenses, you're using the iPhone 11 X Pro cam, what, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, but it's a platform. It's an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I use an iPhone. I'm an iPhone person. Like, I think Xbox people know they're an Xbox people, and as we get to this next generation that is, I mean, we already saw it with Xbox uh, One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, right? Of It is just, what flavor of this console are you getting? Which one meets your needs the most? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting argument. I, I mean, what otherwise, what would it be? Like, Xbox... Infinity streaming, infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I maybe Halo is like a like Halo Infinite is a Xbox hint of that Infinite, name, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like especially if that the rumors about them having more than one console, like like these are all part of the Xbox Xbox Infinite Lite or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like this is all part of the same ecosystem. Yeah. So like, that would make sense too with all the backwards compatibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. I'm listening. Do you think there are going to be mid gen refreshes again? Yes. I think they found a lot of success with this. Do you think that hurts the initial consoles? No, I don't think because I think we're also gung ho on buying new tech and being a part of it and Mm -hmm. wanting it. Like I I just don't. At five years from now or four years from now, whenever they do the refresh, I think everybody will be excited to buy it, or they won't be. Like I didn't buy my PlayStation Four Pro right away, right? Mm -hmm. Like I waited and then finally got it when I was like, oh well, I finally see the reason to have it at PlayStation Four Pro. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like it's the same thing as always where. We all hate change for the most part. And so when something gets announced, there's always that, oh, I just bought it yesterday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or the fear of investing in it. But at launch, no, nobody's going to care. We're be so excited for these new boxes that are going to be small but cl- huge. Yeah. When we look back at the next version, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how much. I can't believe we just accepted this is how it was. I think probably Xbox is going to name their console with the assumption that they're going to have to name it again later. Yeah. yeah. So like in that sense, I think the Xbox branding works because like, like iPad. Of this is just the new iPad. Yeah, yeah. But I think Sony's actually in a little bit more trouble there because this is the PS5 Pro, yeah. which makes it sound like, oh, well, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Well, I, I don't you think the people who would be buying the Pro or whatever next iteration it would be would be understanding that the speed technology moves at. Like, I, we know we're getting these amazing consoles right now that are awesome and great, right? By the time they're actually published, we all also know that PCs will be doing better things and crazier things with their cards or whatever. Yeah. So you have to keep that constant arms race going i think it's all probably fine and like in the actual real world real world results yeah it'll probably be all work out fine regardless of what they name it yeah but i think probably microsoft is keeping an eye towards that xbox one x style idea Mm. and how they name this console interesting we all have to wait and see but not much longer because 2020 is here ladies and gentlemen the next consoles are here um and then a quick one to round it out for number five it's who's working on bioshock over at GameSpot. eddie has this update on yesterday's uh conversation about cloud chamber and the new bioshock uh a few more details about the newly announced bioshock game have emerged following the announcement of the project and the new studio developing it cloud chamber writing on twitter assassin creed assassin's creed odyssey writer melissa Macubri, uh revealed that she is working on the new Bioshock game as an associate creative director. Quote, very proud to be working on this, working with this fantastic team, she said. Additionally, it has been revealed that the new Bioshock, that the new Bioshock's lead game designer is Sean Elliott, who previously served as a level designer at Irrational Games on earlier Bioshock titles. Bioshock veteran uh, Hogarth uh, de Laplante is the new Bioshock Games uh, creative director, while another series veteran, Scott Sinclair, is the art director uh, on the new game. Jonathan Pelling, who previously worked on Bioshock Games at Irrational, is contributing to the new game in an unspecified role. One person who is not involved in the new Bioshock game is series creator Ken Levine. He is currently working on another project for 2K at his studio, Ghost Story Games. 
I'm actually pretty excited with uh, Sean Elliott working on the game now. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, yesterday that was one of the conversations we were having. More Bioshock, that's cool, that's great. Does it have the soul? Does it do the thing? Does it need to have the soul? Blah, blah, blah. The fact that they have, first off, super talented people, period, let alone, hey, yeah, people who actually worked on Bioshock and know what's up. That's awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like they've actually been working on it for quite a while at this point. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too, obviously. Like, Sean Elliott has had, like, working on Undisclosed Game in his Twitter bio for, like, a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Which now he's revealed is Bioshock. Yeah, yeah. So, presumably, this thing has been in the oven for quite a while. 100%. Imran? Usually I give you the lead-in to give me the list here, but instead I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. We're starting with Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? This holiday season, it's time to gift the ones you love or yourself with something a little cozier, like bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. And lucky for you, Brooklinen is celebrating their days of gifting with daily promotions on different items. Uh, it's home of the Internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen's got over five... No... 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Of course, you know, I use my Brooklyn sheets each and every night. I love them so much that when we strip the bed, we wash them immediately, put them back on the bed. I don't need any backup sheets. These are the ones I use. Uh, Brooklyn was the first direct-to-consumer bedding uh, company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just great products and services. Uh, They've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats, and even launched ultra-soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed. In this holiday season, it's likely your mission to make your loved ones comfortable as possible so why not give the gift of softness and gift the gift of brooklyn uh right now brooklyn.com is having their days of gifting where each day they are having promotions for a different surprise item brooklyn is so confident in their products that all their sheets comforters and towels come with a lifetime warranty the only way to get access to brooklyn's days of gifting event and free shipping is to go to brooklyn.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com and if you're just hearing this and it's after the holiday season you can still use the promo code games at brooklyn.com for 10 percent off and free shipping anytime that's brooklinen.com promo code games next up is quip you know we all love quip i use it each and every day i travel with it because of the cool cover that slides over it and they deliver me brush heads so i never have to think about it now give this gift to somebody else the holiday shopping season is here and this year your gift can start next year's good habit with quip quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day that's why quip is perfect as a thoughtful and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer with 30-second pulses to guide your routine, and Quip floss dispenser has pre-marked strings so you always use the right amount. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste every three months. Join over three million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com slash games to save on gift sets and get your first refill free with the refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. Getquip.com slash games. And finally, it's Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the wells, fellas. Walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I, of course, am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Tim and I have been using it, and we're told each and every day our balls look great. Uh, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. 
The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Uh, this also comes, of course, with the uh, pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those over uh, the used pair of boxers to this high-performance anti-chafing boxer brief. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, and everybody else the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Your balls will thank you. Undeck them. Undeck your balls, that's right. <laughs> um, Barrett, how do you want to handle this, man? We got four minutes to the Nintendo Direct. We probably should pause the show. Yeah. We'll do it in two parts. Yeah, that's how we want to do. Yeah, that's how we were going to do it uh, with the other reaction we were going to do the other day. So this is fine. Okay, cool. We'll come back later. All right. So if you're watching live, you miss nothing. And yeah. if you're watching later, this is just going to run into future Greg, who will be talking about Nintendo stuff, I guess. Oh, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily. We stopped the recording to go to Nintendo Indie World. We're back from Indie World. Uh, what did you think overall? I thought it was cool. I, there's a bunch of games there I want to play. Yeah. And like Axiom Verge 2, like. What an announcement there, yeah. Yeah, as much as I wanted that to be Metroid. Yeah, that would have been still dope. a hell it's of an announcement. Ju- Tim had just put that in our head. Yes. I'm like, well, Tom Hapshire is making a Metroid. And then he pops up. It's Axiom Verge 2 coming fall 2020. Very the way you said like, it was great working with Nintendo. And that's like, oh, shit, the Mother Metroid, because yeah. Games of Hyrule were just here. Uh, if we wanted to continue on, though, the run of Indie World looked like this. A sports story was announced coming mm. mid-2020. Streets of Rage 4, first half of 2020. Gleamlight, which is this game happening in a stained glass world with no HUD. You might ask where the HUD is. We weren't. Kirk. I was asking <laughs> uh, at some point. That's coming in 2020. Ba- Bacon Switch coming summer 2020. Super Mash, uh, a game where you take different genres of games and mash them up, and then that makes a game for you. That looks super cool. That looks awesome. It's coming in May 2020. Uh, the Talos Principle launches later today on Switch. Sale for is coming in 2020. It looks like a pirate game. Or it is a pirate game. Uh, Dauntless launches today on Switch. Murder by Numbers, which is a murder mystery set in LA. It's coming early 2020. Uh, launching first on Nintendo. It's got an exclusive launch there. Uh, Odd World Stranger's Wrath is coming January 2020 to Switch. Skatebird coming late 2020 to Switch. Then Liberated, which is this graphic novel, black, black and white graphic novel with puzzles and choices coming 2020. Timed exclusive. That looked awesome. I'm mm-hmm. super into that one. Uh, Boyfriend Dungeon coming to Switch in 2020. Dreamscape or Dreamscaper. I, I don't trust my own jot on that. Uh, puzzles and Friendships coming early 2020. And then The Escapists are putting out The Survivalists yes. set in the Escapist universe. That's coming 2020. A survival game. I thought a great showing. Yeah. Like, I, we just did a reaction. You can watch it live over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, I enjoyed this more than uh, State of Play. Yeah. And I think it's just the fact that it was like, I thought there was more, for me, more interesting games here. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Personal preference. I think most, I'm mostly on the State of Play bandwagon, but I agree with you. This is actually a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For something where you're like, oh, man, Indies, where are we going to go with it? Who knows? Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Like, it says enough about the Switch that when they announce a game that I'm already looking forward to is coming to Switch, I'm like, that's good news for me. Totally. Because like, I'm going to play it there instead. Uh, Imran, I'm super excited for Super Mash, Skateboard, and Liberated. But those games are so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what was coming to the mom and grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Shovel Knight Showdown, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PlayStation Vita, it lives, 3DS, PC, Mac, Linux, Shovel Knight, King of Cards, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PS Vita, it lives, uh, 3DS, PC, Mac, Linux, Mech Warrior 5, Mercenaries on PC, Black Sad Under the Skin, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, AVICI2, is it AVIC2? Avicii? Avicii and Vector, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Call of Juarez, Gunslinger, Switch. Riverbond on Switch, a game I liked on PlayStation 4, now here. A good just hack and slash dungeon crawler. Gunslinger's also pretty Not good. Not challenges, okay. Yeah. Uh, Terminator Resistance, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Riftkeeper, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch. Hearthstone, Descent of Dragons, PC. Dragon Quest Builders 2, PC. Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz, uh, HD, PC. Gravity Balls, PC. Cowboys vs. Hipsters, PC and Mac. <laughs> the Cult, Marduk's Longest Night, look it up, PC. Blood Scrolls, PC. Hades on PC. Hades, fucking great game. Yeah. Get it on consoles already or on my Stadia. Come on, Greg Kasavin and the rest of you super giant clowns. It's still early access though, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, so it's coming to Steam is this... Yeah, yeah, it's already on Epic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Come on. Here's Cowboys vs. Hipsters. Step one, send in the fighters. Oh my lord. This is definitely... You want to talk about an indie game. There it is. Uh, Murder on the Island, PC. Hello Neighbor, Hide and Seek, PC. Killing Floor 2, the Yuletide horror update is out. Then, update 1.5 is now a lot for the Elder Scrolls Blades, and with it comes huge changes in community requested features. This is uh, like a Newgrounds game. Yeah. Up next, uh, The Division 2 is gets title update 6.1. Uh, this brings an in-game theme, a themed in-game event, Situation Snowball. Uh, you get to take down elusive enemies wearing a Santa hat, and they drop new exclusive weapons called the Slayer that shoots snowballs. As part of the in-game holiday event, players logging into the game between now and January 7th will get their own Santa hat to celebrate the holiday season. Uh, new dates for you. Deep Sky Derelicts gets Station Life DLC on Steam, GOG, and other digital stores December 12th. Then Onikin Unstoppable Edition comes to Xbox One on December 24th. And then Odalis The Dark Call comes to Xbox One December 24th. I'm informed that Super Match is already out today on Epic Game Store. Oh. Fuck me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trust me, I ain't turning on a goddamn PC to do this. You only have to wait a couple of months. I will. And I'll do it gladly. I'll pay more when it comes to Switch, too. I don't care. <laughs> Put on Stadia. If you got a PC game, why is it on Stadia? I got a Stadia. I got a PC in the cloud now, remember? That's a good question. That I can I'm see sure it up there right asking. now. There it is, Barry. Thanks. Uh, it's time to squad up. And this is where one of you writes in to kindoffunny.com slash eh, Patreon. <laughs> it's <laughs> patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash Patreon. I've been up a long time, guys, and I've been talking the whole time. Uh, Frank Furter. Friend of the show, you know him well, writes in. Uh, he needs help on Steam. His Steam username is Frank Furter. F-R-A-N-K-F-U-R-T-T-E-R. Good morning, kind of funny, best friends. Yesterday, GTFO came out as an early access game on Steam. I've been looking forward to playing this game since it was announced two years ago at the Game Awards. Looking to squad up with a few best friends, but be warned, it's apparently a very difficult game, and I haven't played yet and seen for myself how difficult the learning curve is. If that doesn't bother you, then please send me a friend request on Steam. I'll hopefully be on tonight. If not, I'll be on Thursday night. I'm on Central Time and uh, and work, so I'll be on around 6 p.m. Central Time. My name on Steam is Frank Furter, and my avatar is Young Deku from My Hero Academia. Can't wait. See you all soon. Barrett, you get excited about that My Hero reference? It's Deku. I I, thank you. I I was hoping you'd come in and save me on that one. (laughs) Greg. What, man? Deku's not like a, a new thing for My Hero. It's like the great Deku tree. Yeah, but I, well, I grew up calling him the, the great De- Deku tree. 
Yeah, you grew up wrong. I, no, 100. I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I call Lumines Lumines. I definitely. I mean, you know, you know how it is though. There was no voice acting back in the day. It's fair. You fucking your friends see this thing. I remember the argument if it was Ganondorf or Ganondorf. Ganondorf. That rage. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that. That raged in Michael Bryan's basement for hours <laughs> on end. What it was. Everybody screaming. At is each it Gre- Greece? Who knows? <laughs> Fucking Devolver tells me, no, it's literally this, but we call it this. Fuck off, everybody. God, words are hard. Can we just go back to writing them? Yes. Why do we got to say them all the time? No more video I content. prepared for a very specific thing, everybody. I was going to write the words. Now I have to fucking say them all the time. I digress. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Roosterteeth.com. Podcast services around the globe uh nanobiologist is all over it today yeah. uh he says gregor 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 mendel was yeah. the one who performed the peapod genetics I'm test totally wrong he's right uh last data by dreams from nanobiologists it was december 8th um that's no that wasn't. yeah no i'm good <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's kind of funny games daily we're still not done it, bro. Yeah, no. We, <laughs> we, you and I are doing a games cast this afternoon. Life is Strange 2 spoiler cast. You can watch live as we record it with the Don't Nod team. Patreon.com slash games. If you want to catch it later, YouTube.com slash games on Monday. Monday. You can catch it there. Mm-hmm. Podcast services. All that jazz. Uh, tomorrow, it'll be me and Gary Witta. Thursday, it'll be Imran and Tim. I'll be down to the Game Awards. They'll be live reacting to the Game Awards that night. Twitch.tv slash games. And then Friday, Imran Khan and Snowbike Mike. Excited. Can't wait. Have you yeah. worked? Have you done it with him before? No, I, I've only like met him at the. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good show. Yeah, it's gonna be a good show, everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>